Hello! Welcome to Turning 30 with Sisi Komi. You guessed right, I am Sisi Komi and I will be your host on this podcast. But no, I am not 30 yet. I believe in preparing in advance for phases of our lives and 30 being a landmark birthday, it is important to prepare for it. This podcast is all about learning to navigate a new decade of adventure with lessons from those who have gone ahead in this journey. There would be conversations and lessons they wish they learned before 30 across every aspect of life, love, parenthood, finance, friendship, work, rest, and everything else in between. We would also talk about life since they turned 30 and all of this in a relaxed and fun setting. I'm excited about turning 30 and I hope you come on this journey with me. Thank you. Hi guys, welcome to Turning 30 with Sisi Kumi. Um, today I have with me Mary Olushoga. She is the um, founder of the African Women Power Network, which is um, jet and focused on um, empowering women in entrepreneurship. Um, uh, Mary, are you okay to just introduce yourself briefly just before we go on? Okay. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. My name is Mary Olushoga, and I am founder of the African Women Power Network, AWP Network. Um, a fun way I love to introduce myself is I can I see myself as adventurous, very well traveled, a community builder, um, an investor who leverages on entrepreneurial programs and initiatives to support entrepreneurs. So I work with women entrepreneurs in particular. I have a passion for young entrepreneurs, but I've worked with people globally. Um, and I'm in a mission to improve the quality of life for entrepreneurs in Africa in the United States with a focus once again on women and young people. So very excited to be here and thank you um, Komi for inviting me. Yeah, thank you so much, Mary. Um, yeah, so again, I would like to thank you because this is going to be our very first episode on, on the podcast. And I think it's really interesting having someone who is this passionate about um, women empowerment come on the show. Because, um, yeah, this podcast, as um, I, I had said in the earlier teaser episode, it's really focused on learning um, from those who have gone ahead. And um, with, uh, with most things in life, really, it's important to look at those ahead and um, get from their experience. And considering you work with lot of entrepreneurs um both um locally within Africa outside of Africa I think um you do have a vast um knowledge engaging with so many different people so I, I think the first thing I would want to ask is how long have you um had um the AWP network for is this has this always been what you've done or were you a nine to five app prior to then transitioning into this Oh, yeah, that's a good question. So I was a nine to fiver. So um, I was born in Lagos um, uh, during secondary school, I guess they would call it. Um, I left to the U.S. Um, where I completed high school, completed college, completed my master's degree, 
my first um, job out of college, so I guess that would be like a nine to five job, was working in New York City, Department of Small Business Services. Um, and that was, it was under that division, under Mayor Bloomberg, um, who we all know is very successful. Um, and it was my first job out of college and an opportunity to basically learn about the ins and outs, not just of city government, but also of policies that could help and support, you know, you know, entrepreneurs, um, you know, especially immigrant entrepreneurs, women, you know, people considered like, you know, disadvantaged. And so that was like my first job out of college. And I think I've been in the small business space doing in different capacities, doing everything from underwriting, lending to philanthropy work, raising money for people to support them. And then, you know, I worked, my last gig was at a nonprofit that was supported and funded by American Express. Um, and so when I did that, I loved that job because I got to travel all around the US. I got to see different parts of the US. And then I decided that I wanted to do my own thing. And so in 2012, I started the African Women Power Network. Um, and it's been an amazing ride and journey since then. Um, really having the platform and the opportunity to tell the stories of women entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs to see the different things that they're doing that are up to the innovation. Um, you know, it's, re it's really been an amazing journey. And also to have my work featured on different platforms, you know, BBC, uh, Black Enterprise, uh, Huffington Post, you know, if you think of a media platform, I've basically been on it. So it's been an amazing experience, amazing journey. But the AWP network has been around since 2012. And we're still growing. Um, our most recent, um, you know, initiative is uh, a collaboration with ShopRite Nigeria, whereby entrepreneurs go through a vendor training program, they get their certificate, and then, you know, they get to supply to, to ShopRite Nigeria. So we're looking to expand that program, hopefully in collaboration with the, you know, Minister of Finance. So working on different things, and it's... Uh, like I said, it's been an amazing experience and an amazing journey uh, so far. And once again, thank you for having me. I understand I'm your first guest. So I really do hope that this will be conversational for <laughs> your audience, you know. And yeah, so that's that's the story. Hopefully, long story short. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. I think I, I did ask that question um, just to get a bit of a better insights into um, your work at the moment. So um, I think what I would want to ask next, especially as this is a podcast that's focused on your 30s. So would you say when you were, say, 20, 25, would you say you saw the vision of AWP Network and imagined it at that point? Or did this develop much later after you after your possibly crossed those, that age? Well, um, so I, I did something very extreme um, mm -hmm. and I'm not sure I would recommend it, <laughs> but it, it very extreme. So, um, so what I did was once again, I had a good career. I was traveling all around. I felt like I was making money, but I wanted more. Um, in fact, uh, a week ago, a couple of days ago, I, I got to tell this story to, to a friend of mine. You know, and he was like, what inspired you to start AWP? You know, but the extreme story, although I don't, I do not, I have to say this, I do not recommend this 
Um, but I will say it because it is my story. Um, so like I said, I was at um, a nonprofit that was funded by American Express, you know, working with women entrepreneurs specifically, um, providing them with financing, trying to help them grow and really get to the next level. And, uh, you know, I felt like I wanted to do more, right? I wanted to connect my sort of Nigerian heritage and background to like, you know, being American based. So I wanted like, what was my next step? So what I did was, I think when I was turning 27, I, I did a seven day fast. So I don't recommend this uh, because it's extreme. Like I said, um, there was no water, no food for seven days, real life story. And it's very extreme. And the only prayer I prayed was God, tell me your purpose for my life. Um, and I think that happened. And that year they had Occupy Nigeria. I don't know if you remember, but then I had planned like, okay, I, I, was, I, I love traveling. So I was like, okay, I'm going to travel. I'm going to go to Dubai. I'm going to go to South Africa, you know, and then they had the Occupy Nigeria protests and all the planes were grounded. No one could travel anywhere. And so I started calling the airline. I was supposed to take Emirates and I was calling the airline and I said, you know, there's this protest, all the, you know, I don't think flight, you know, flights are coming in and out of the country, Nigeria, you know, am I going to get my money back? Well, they were like, well, it's not official yet. You know, like there was that whole back and forth. It's not official yet. You know, we don't have word from the government, you know, and I, I was just obsessed with getting my money back. Right. Because I'd put so much money on this like amazing travel, you know, finding myself, you know, at like 27 and going through this experience. And finally, Okay, so before I even get my money back, I began tweeting. I think I was just new on Twitter then in 2012. Um, I never used to use Twitter. So I began tweeting and I was like, you know, saying all these different things. And a BBC producer sees my tweets and she's like, oh, you, you know, I've got this program to talk about Occupy Nigeria, but I, I would love for women, more women to come on the show. But a lot of the women I'm asking to come on the show you know, are declining the opportunity. So I said, okay, I'll find someone to come on the show. Truth and behold, I did reach out to a few people that some I knew, some I did not know. And I heard everything from, oh, I need to ask permission from my husband. Um, you know, my job will not allow me to come on TV. Oh, you know, I, I, I'm sorry. You know, I don't want to talk politics. So I said, if something just said, to, and I remember asking someone, and the person said, why are you trying to push off your responsibility to somebody else? Right. And so I say, huh, interesting. The reason why I didn't even pitch myself is because I was not in Nigeria at the time. So I was like, OK, so I will take the responsibility and I will go on BBC to talk about, you know, this Occupy Nigeria movement, which had to do with the full subsidy. And um I was up all night, you know, on Channels TV, watching Ngozi's debate. I think Femi Falano, you know, I was listening to both sides. And the following day at 7 a.m., I show up at the BBC office. And here am I talking about Occupy Nigeria movement, even though I did not live in Nigeria. <laughs> but the, the moment for me and why I connected it to the fast is when I was on TV, I remember the question, I think the host asked, how do you think the Occupy Nigeria movement has 
affected small business owners? And how do you think the Occupy Nigeria movement has affected women? And I was like, that's it. Hmm. African women power. That's what I'm starting. That's what I'm going to do. And the validation too was that that same year, I won a grant from Oxfam America to, to um, train uh, secondary school students on how to write a business plan. So it was like one thing after the other. And then I got a grant in the UK where I presented at the UK House of Lords and you know um you know so it just it's been an amazing experience everything connecting together it sure did Mm -hmm. and it showed me that god answers prayers it was extreme i don't recommend it you know there are young (laughs) people on here you know i don't know who has like you know eating disorders and stuff i'm not recommending it but for me it was a spiritual journey and it was a journey that you know um if it's something you get from the story, right? In addition to me making that decision to even fast and to, you know, even go on that journey, but also I took action, right? I didn't just pray and then sit down, right? I prayed, I tweeted, someone saw me, <laughs> I took responsibility and I listened to the Occupy Nigeria debate and I showed up on TV and you know, it's been an amazing experience since then. I've been to many different countries as a result of AWP. I've received lots of awards easily. I want to say like over 20 awards. I don't, or even 50. I don't keep track anymore, but it's really been an amazing experience. And yeah, so that's how AWP started yeah, when I was 27 years old. So right yeah. before my 30s. Yeah, that's that. that. Um, considering um how big it is right now, I actually would have thought like it did start somewhere um probably up to thirties, but I think it, it becomes more interesting knowing that that started just before your thirties, and um so considering that and so it's like you started in your late twenties entering into your thirties. So what are those things that you'd say? Okay, if you knew before, you would likely have done so either related to AWP now or possibly with um, like personal life or something or that, like those things that you're like, mm, if I knew that this was how 30 would be, like maybe I would have done this differently. Maybe I wouldn't have done the seven day fast. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so just in things along those lines, do you, do you have any? Um, to be frank, I wouldn't do anything differently. I'm sort of like, like when I introduced myself earlier, I'm a very adventurous person the riskier, the better, like the, and the, the, the wilder the experience, like, I feel like years from now, I'll have great stories to tell my kids. So, um, I don't have kids yet. Um, I'm in my thirties, but I love wild adventurous stories and life experiences. I'm not someone that wants to like, be like, you know, oh, I followed all the rules. No, no, let's break some rules here. <laughs> but um, in terms of like, you know, I know lots of young women, hopefully you, you know, this podcast is, you know, a lot of people listen to it. But I think I can just list like maybe um, 10 things if we want to delve into it. Um, the first is positioning and timing is everything. Um, you know, it's always good to position yourself for success. Um, position your personal brand and sometimes timing is out of our control sometimes you know you can have all your i's dotted and your t's crossed and if it's not time yet it's not going to happen so positioning and timing is everything um the other thing is um i'm a big believer in community 
Um, and I know, uh, I think I tweeted about this today, like a growing number of younger people are feeling lonely. You know, uh, some people in their 20s are like, you know, they're not married yet. Uh, I have an aunt who wanted all her kids to be married by 25. You know, mm. so there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yes, yes. Real life story. There's a lot of pressure. But um, the only thing I can say is find your tribe, build your community. Um, if you have siblings, um, you know, try to build great relationships with your siblings. Um, I think that's important community, um, finding your tribe. And, you know, if you're an only child or maybe you don't get along with your siblings, find friends, um, you know, to, to be with. Um, the other thing is learn proactive communication. Um, a lot of um, Nigerians, especially like immigrants who move, they usually have issues with proactive communication. So it's not like passive aggressive. It's yeah, telling so, someone. Uh, I ahead. just wanted to ask, so like, what do you mean by proactive communication? No, that's a good question. So proactive communication is giving someone all the details they need to know before they even ask. Hmm. Right. But also telling what is necessary and not too much. Right. Um, so, and, and it shows up in dating too, right? <laughs> this corrective communication I'm talking about shows up in dating where no one is a mind reader. You got to talk. No one is a mind reader. Maybe in Nigeria, people can read minds, but once you <laughs> leave those shores of Nigeria, mm. nobody is a mind reader. You have to communicate. You have to speak up. Obviously you're doing this in a very respectful way. Mm -hmm. But, you know, proactive communication is important. And it shows up, like, in dating. You know, all this chop mm -hmm. breakfast, you don't have to hurt people <laughs> to to move forward yeah. and, like, no, it's the truth. It's really the truth. Like, you can just, you can say respectfully, like, thank you for an amazing time. Um, Unfortunately, we don't have the same goals. You know, I would prefer to, like, move on and date other people. You don't need to ghost. You don't need to treat people badly. You don't need to date them until you're about to get married to someone else. You know, and then, so, and then you remember. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, yeah. no, no. That's like terrible. You know, proactive communication is responsibility. It's saying, look, I'm taking responsibility to communicate to you that I'm interested. I am not interested, you know, or. You know, or it, I know this has happened, um, you know, in places I've worked before, whereby, you know, it, we have a new immigrant who's a Nigerian. And if they're sick that day, they don't call mm. to say, I'm not coming to work. They just don't show up. Mm. I know I've experienced that multiple times, you know, yeah, and in my head, I I'm kind of well. like, this is not Nigeria. You know, this is not Nigeria. You got to call and send an email. I'm not mm -hmm. feeling well. I'm not feeling good today. Or even I'm running late. I'm running 10 minutes late. I'm running, you know, don't just say, eh -heh, I'm late. And so, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. Totally you know, practice yeah, it's proactive communication. Hi, I'm going to be 20 minutes late. I'm so sorry. I'm picking up my kids from school. You know, um, my car had a flat tire. Don't just like show up at 920. You're supposed to start at nine. And then you'll be like, oh, uh, am I the first person to be late? What do you mean? Should <laughs> be uh, this uh, Samantha is late, but you don't know if Samantha sent an email. You don't mm. know if Samantha called, and Samantha may have been on the job for seven years, and you just started. Mm. So 
yeah anyway you get my drift so yeah sorry sorry just something to add here like i know this was so you did mention something like um with nigerians when they migrate but i think it's important if nigerians in nigeria start doing these things more as well so we don't like reserve quote-unquote good behavior for when we go out but we have and exhibit good behavior even when we are at home like i think that's absolutely just something yeah Absolutely. You're, you're 2000 percent correct. Absolutely. And, you know, proactive communication, as I've learned over the years, is respectful. It's, you know, you're putting yourself in that person's shoes like you're telling, expressing, I'm not interested in dating you. You know, it's not personal, but I'm not interested or I'm running late to the office, you know. But why I say Nigeria has that culture is because, you know, in the U.S., from, well, at least my experience, let me just say, I don't know if other people have different experiences, whether you're director, vice president, or whatever, you're accountable to someone. And so you communicate if you're running late, right? But in Nigeria, if you are the director or vice president, who are you to question the yoga? You know, so those cultural differences are, are there. While I agree that it would be great if people can implement those simple things that shows respect um i also feel like there's this culture of who are you to question the yoga who are you to tell me if i can come at 9 30 or at 9 you know what i mean so so i think that there's that difference there but yeah um another thing that i think is extremely crucial which i something i struggle with i will admit is it's important to to adopt an effective conflict resolution skill not everybody's your enemy not everybody's fighting you um, just because someone has a different perspective doesn't mean they're wrong or you're wrong. It's just different perspectives. So adopting effective life, uh, I mean, conflict resolution skills um, is very important. One thing I always say, and I think I also said this on my BBC interview, do not ever look down on anyone. Tables can turn any day, any minute, any second. Um, so I think for me, that's also something that I wish more people in their 30s um, near about. Um, and then the other thing is relationships are as valuable as both parties make them. Um, and I think that applies to friendships, that applies to marriages. Um, even a lot of marriages, you see like maybe the women pulling the weight more, um, uh, especially in a lot of like immigrant marriages, um, the women <laughs> adopt a lot of the responsibilities. They go to work, come home, do you know, work with the kids, you know, they're exhausted. Um, yeah. So, you know, relationships are as valuable as both parties make them. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think that's it for me. Um, I don't know if you have additional questions. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, thanks. I think th those were very useful um, things to take note of. And I, I really like how it's really something that cuts across like every aspect, not just um, relationships, but work as well, and just general community, friendship. Um, yeah, so um, I have just like one or two questions left. So I think um, next question is, um, do you recall how you celebrated your tests yet? And if you do, can oh, you share? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. So did I have a big party? I think for my 30th, I think um, I had, 
I think I had a party in my house in New York. And then I think I went to um like a uh like I rented like a restaurant. Um oh. with yeah, with a couple of friends. <laughs> I paid for everything. Um oh, it was amazing. Yeah, we partied and danced all night. I mean, I, I enjoyed a good life, so <laughs> I think it was after my 30th that I began to travel a lot for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reasons why I began to travel a lot because there was a pressure a lot of pressure at home to like be married. So mm-hmm. I used to like use that as an excuse to like run away. Um, so, so I'm like before my birthday and before anyone calls me like, God will do your own, God will do this. I'm like already like in Thailand, Japan, <laughs> Cambodia. Like think of it, I've been there. So I uh you know, traveling so much is is something I enjoy. I really enjoy doing. Yeah. But yeah, so as I was approaching my 30s, I will say I was fine up until 30. And then the pressure to get married, <laughs> you know, started. Like, you know, I'm Nigerian. I'm still Nigerian. You know, mm-hmm. aunties. Ah, I chop insult too. I chop insult. Jesus. <laughs> you like it's like oh, just Lord. a general typical thing. <laughs> that just ends up. I chop, I chop insult. Now, like <laughs> I have a strong bone. If you give it to me, I'll fire back. But, um yeah but but uh yeah but my 30th birthday was celebrated with friends i if i recall and what my mom usually does um at my birthday she'll cook i'll invite friends over um or i'll go to like a restaurant pay for everything friends come party have a good time um and i'm glad i did it right um i'm glad i did it at that time because a lot of my friends now are like married with kids so imagine i'm trying to host a party now Mm. no one's gonna show up (laughs) or even if they show up they come with their kids and it'll be yeah. annoying. It won't be as fun, you know. <laughs> it's more, it's more difficult planning things like that. exactly. They have to worry about babysitter, you know, mm-hmm. and or some people even use their kids as as excuse, like, oh, I'm not coming. <laughs> but yeah. but um, yeah. I'm glad I did it at that time, and I do recommend for everyone who's turning thirty, you know, to celebrate themselves, to celebrate their friends, and to enjoy the moment. It's about being in that moment. It's so crucial and so important. It's about mm-hmm. being in that moment um, because, you know, our friendships go in different ways. You know, mm-hmm. God forbid, but people get married, people die. You know, some people move out of the country. You may not see them again, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just enjoy, enjoy the moment. So I would say I celebrated my 30 well, but then after 30s, <laughs> I always <laughs> celebrated outside of the country because, my birthdays were usually a time to rem- remind me I was not married and I hated the experience. So I would like, I'd be in Japan, you know, or somewhere just, yeah. you know, having a great time. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm, I'm jotting down tips for how I'll celebrate mine. I already enjoy traveling. <laughs> so I, I don't know if... Love it. Yeah. If I have funds, maybe we'll do like a destination birthday. <laughs> oh, destination. I, I don't think I've ever done a destination birthday, but I've gone to people's weddings, like Dominican mm-hmm. Republic, Mexico, Cabo. You know, I've gone to people's weddings. Um, destination birthdays might be a, dif- a bit difficult to plan, in my opinion, yeah. because friends are at different financial, pla- you know, yeah. financial levels. Yeah. Um, unless you want to, like, ball and pay for the yeah, tickets. Yeah, so, so it, it's, really, it's really just, like, an off-thought, like, but um, who knows? Anything can happen between now and next year. I could get like you might win the lottery. Who knows? Like <laughs> someone can wheel some millions of dollars to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. No. That's. Uh, I mean, 
destination birthday parties are like weddings you know yeah. they're they're a bit and then even the destination weddings I've gone to like um I remember when I went to one in uh Dominican Republic um you know it was an inclusive all-inclusive resort so mm. everything was planned you know it's it could be like if it, if you're not used to it it could be tiresome organizing events for people because you have to make sure they're not bored they're having a good mm -hmm. time that they didn't just waste their money you know so there's all that stuff so it could be it could be exhausting you know yeah. um destination weddings i think it's fine but i feel like birthdays are like it could be a stretch yeah yeah all right so i think the last question well like one of the last questions it's so sensitive i think you've um, answered some of that um, already with um, the birthday celebrations. So I would say since Ted is like, what has your experience um, been in terms of what the social narrative mm -hmm. around Tetis are and what the actual experience you've had around Tetis? Would you recommend Tetis? Obviously, everybody ends up having to turn Tetis and give their Tetis anyway. So it's not like you have a choice really, but yeah, um, how, how has it been so far? Look, if God allows you to be alive, thirties <laughs> are amazing, um, because not everybody gets to thirty. Um, I think there is this thing on, I think on Wikipedia online, whereby there are a lot of like very successful people who die at like twenty-seven, and twenty-seven is like the jinx number. Um, but yeah, so I think I think the thirties for me, um, like I said, I growing up, I've never wanted like a regular life. I've always wanted like, you know, drama and, and uh, you know, storytelling, like really amazing stories. Um, my 30s has been really eventful. Um, meeting people, traveling to different countries, um, being like financially stable. Um, it's it's really been amazing. I actually look forward to my 40s um, uh, a few years away from 40, but, you know, I look forward to my 40s. But, you know, 30s has been really amazing. Um, trying, uh, another thing too, I think it's important to do, not too many people take risks in their careers, but I think the 30s is a good time to take risks, mm -hmm. um, to try out different things, what you really want to do, or maybe you, you try it in your 20s. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I could describe my 30s, I would say it's been so far adventurous, amazing, um, lots of lessons. And I'm a very I'm someone who likes to reflect a lot. So I, you know, after a particular action, I reflect, you know, I'm like, oh, what could have been done better? Um, and I also see myself as a high achiever. So for me, my goals are like very important. Um, I review them aside from me reviewing them yearly or even quarterly, I review them uh, like, you know, every five years. Like I said, a lot of the thing, a lot of the work I did at 27 when I started AWP Network, I'm still mm -hmm. benefiting from it now. So mm -hmm. um, having that foundation has really been life-changing, whether it's meeting people, whether it's business opportunities, even whether it's like the personal brand leverage, um, it's really been helpful for me. Um, you know, yeah. So, I mean, I know a lot of people are get a lot of women, especially, and I will say Nigerian women because I'm Nigerian and that's who I share, you know, um, something in common with because we're from like the same country. But if there are Nigerian women listening to this, I know there's a lot of pressure once again, for people to be married, you know, 
So like I said, I have an aunt who ensures that her daughters are married by 25. So some people who are approaching 30, you know, if they're not married, they start creating this very unrealistic goals. They start settling for everybody and anybody. Um, they're not patient. Some people will say, oh, God has told me that I have to be married in the next three months and anybody that comes their way, they are ready to marry. For some people, it works. For some people, it could be a death sentence. I hate to say it. So, you know, like I, when I started this conversation, one of the first things I said is timing is everything. So, you know, um, when something is meant to happen, it will happen. Um, I'm not asking that people be passive about their lives. Um, I talked about proactive communication, so I definitely don't believe in being passive. But I also don't believe in people putting so much pressure on themselves that they're not looking at what is good and bad for their future, you know, for their future goals. And for me, it's important that, and, and like I was saying, you know, people change in their, in their 20s and who you are in your 20s, hopefully as you evolve as a human being, um, figuring out who you are, what your purpose are, um, you know, might not be who you are when you become, you know, when you hit your thirties or even your forties, you know, we're always evolving and we should give each other room to evolve. You know, like my mom got married at like, I think 20, or mm -hmm. <laughs> but that was like many years ago. Um, so mm -hmm. she got married really early. Um, yeah so so i mean what works for a might not work for b and what works for b might not work for a so just be open i guess you know life is about being open and people's journeys are different mm -hmm. all right thank you so much um, i i think that was the last question i had um so just to round up, do you have anything else that maybe you, Dr. I would have asked that I didn't ask that just want to maybe retreat or just touch on just before we close out? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think the only thing I had to, uh, the other thing I had to say is, you know, make sure that you lead by example um, in mm -hmm. your actions and your words, um, you know, uh, be you know follow through on your word and be a person of your word because I think it really helps um to build your credibility so whether you're on the job or whether it's with a friend um being a person of your word also shows your dependability um and then there was something I wrote here actually in my journal um like I said I'm not married yet but I I put here that you know it's not really about marrying up or marrying down as a lot of women worry about it's truly about building friendship um intimacy and deep connections um you know the conversation about marriage is not a race it's really about commonality shared experiences with you and that special person the individual that you um match with need to be on the same side need to be at the same page and desire the same thing. Um, so that's what I, that's what I, I wrote in my journal because, you know, like I said earlier, I'm not married. It's important to, to say that yet. Um, but I know a lot of friends who are struggling in their marriages, you know, people have gone through divorces, people whose partners have died. Um, and so, you know, life can move in any direction, be mm -hmm. open, um, 
but especially as like, like Nigerian women who are, even though we accept feminism, and even though we claim to be progressive, there's still this narrative about like, if you're not married, you're not complete yet. And it's mm-hmm. important to know that that's not true. That's not true. Um, you know, and don't let the pressure lead you to down the wrong path because it's a lot of women, whether Nigerian women, whether white women, like people have lost their lives, like being partnered mm-hmm. up with the wrong person. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I wrote that, you know, marriage is not a race, nor is it about marrying up or down, but it's about like deep friendship. Um, mm-hmm. It's something you're supposed to enjoy. Like, you know, and I always wonder, like, if there's so much pressure, what is there to enjoy, you know, yeah. um, because I've seen people put pressure on themselves. Like, like mm-hmm. I told you, I have an aunt, like, I, I, I don't know how much time we have, but I know people who like do voodoo and black magic stuff just to find partners, like real life story. I'm not making it up, mm-hmm. you know, so and it's, you know, it's part of the pressure. Why? Why do you have to do all of that? Um, so yeah. you know, Funny just that. enjoy it. Yeah. You know, I also enjoy the actually moment. tweeted something. I tweeted something in line with this earlier today as well. Okay, we obviously met on Twitter, so I think it's fine if we keep saying I tweeted, I tweeted. <laughs> because I feel like I'm chronically <laughs> online at this point. But yeah, I I, I did because I think what, what prompted my tweet this morning was um on Instagram I saw this video of um this couple that waited about 10 years have their first baby and um it wasn't technically it wasn't their first baby because she had been pregnant but either miscarriages or stillbirths and it just seemed like the, watching the video I, I actually cried I don't even know why I cried like <laughs> watching the video because it was like leaving the hospital it's <laughs> like they were so they were still like in shock because they're like they've never left the hospital with a living baby and then, like, I was just like, hmm. I'm very sure when they got married, I don't think they anticipated that they were going to go through such, like, such amount of pain with, like, having to lose their babies and all of that, and then waiting 10 years for that. So I'm sure they, so the only way they would have been together, because obviously, I'm very sure their parents would also have come with, oh, when are we having our baby? And then people would be, oh, the stomach is big, are you pregnant? It's been one year, all those things. I'm sure yeah. I don't think they, they would have anticipated that. But imagine like being partnered up with someone that is not kind and having to go through that. Hmm. I feel like it, it, it would just be terrible thing. But thankfully, there are also good marriages out there anyway. Because sometimes when, when one talks about things like this, everybody now thinks, starts saying, oh, you're yeah, against marriage, you're yeah, against marriage. But I don't know. <laughs> it's just, but, but yeah, I, I totally, I totally. No, all, all my, all my siblings are married. I, I mean, I hope I don't sound like I'm against marriages, but all my siblings are married. My parents have been married for 40 years now, you know, so like, you know, I, I come from a very strong Christian family. That's why I believe in the power of fasting and prayer. So I believe in marriage, but I also believe in partnering up with the right partner, like mm-hmm. right person. And there's nothing in this world that is rushing you into the wrong partnership because if you rush in, you'll rush out. Yeah. 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 All right. Thank you so much, Mary. It's it's been really lovely um talking with you this evening and despite the technology issues and uh, <laughs> and all the other issues. Um 
or we were able to still have this conversation. Um, thank you so much for making time out. Um, I really, really appreciate this. And um, yeah, so everyone listening, thanks for listening in. Um, if you do have anyone you'd want us to talk to for our next episode, you could just fill out the form um, in the description and um, I'll do my very best to reach out. And yeah, hoping to be able to bring you more exciting guests like Mary. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on everywhere you listen to podcasts so you can stay up to date on our latest episodes. Also, follow us on Instagram at turning30 with CC Kumi so you can stay up to date with um, everything we have for you. Thank you so much and see you in the next episode.